On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Southern storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast on Pantheon Podcast, where you could go to find your most preferred uh, style of music podcast. Plenty of stuff on there. Uh, great thing to check out. We're glad to be there. So with me always is Jason. What's going on this evening? Howdy, howdy, howdy. We got some fun stuff to talk about. But before we do that, everybody listening, make sure you subscribe, download, sign up on all your favorite podcast platforms so you make sure you get the most up-to-date episodes. Right, Brian? Because we've got a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah, we do. We do. We're going to get right into this because it's it's big enough. But uh, uh, you may have heard uh, Howard Stern played a snippet of a new Black Crows tune uh, the other day. And uh, the song comes out Friday, and the title is One Thing in Waiting, off their upcoming record to be released March 15, 2024, Happiness Bastards. Yeah, that little bit that I heard that, that Howard Stern basically talked about. So it sounds good, man. It sounds, we're all, we all like those that, that, that we talk to a lot about the Crows, you know, are kind of in, you know, seem to think, yeah, it sounds kind of like by your side era stuff, but it, it sounds like them. Sounds good. I'm excited about it. I'll be getting that record as soon as it comes out. Uh, totally. I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. I, I'm psyched. I, I'll be honest. I was not a fan of the Before the Frost record and that yeah. more that country no. bluegrassy thing. No. Not my thing. I know people love I Ain't Hiding, that the very disco-y <laughs> song, too. And I, I don't like that song either. So I am very excited. That's not going to be the last record of their career that we've yeah. got this one coming yeah, and from what we've thing. heard the first song it's already rocky and like bring it on and we would brian we've said this many times we would not be doing this podcast without the black crows yeah and because of the black crows we wouldn't be doing this podcast because what came before us and you know besides the black crows without the state of america we wouldn't be doing this and who better to talk to about the black crows and our buddy David Hudson from the state of America. Yeah. So with this, we wanted to have David and Ian on already. We were already working to get him on. This just made us do it quicker. Uh, David was only available. Ian was not available tonight. So we get David on. We're going to talk about what's going on with state of America. And more importantly, 
this Crows news and what to expect from the Crows in 2024. Yeah, so once again, we're going to stop talking and you're going to kick back and relax and listen to our conversation with David Hudson from the state of America. guest segment of the podcast and jason's gonna introduce the uh, familiar looking dude here with us now yeah and it's always my pleasure and i'm always excited to introduce a guest but when it's a really good friend of ours and somebody we haven't spoken to at least on this podcast in a while i get ultra excited over it so on this very special black crows episode we've got one of the two guys who lead the best Black Crows podcast in the world, the biggest cheerleaders for the Black Crows, and Rich and Chris should really go on their show. It is David Hudson from the state of Amorca. How you doing, David? Well, you guys are scraping the bottom of the barrel for your guests today. Hey, you also <laughs> well, you know we're not only the best Black Crows podcast, we're the worst Black Crows podcast. You're the only Black Crows podcast. Yeah, so we, Come on, we, we don't want to lose the luster of this very big buildup I did for David. We um. We fit both those categories. Now, thanks for having me. It's always fun. And Jason, I still haven't gotten a check for getting you hooked up with this gig, but not that I, not that I hold grudges. Well, I think like managers or, or agents, don't they take like 10% or something of the cut of what you make? Mm -hmm. You'll give me like a dollar. I'll get you. I'll get, yeah, there'll be a couple. I'll get you a couple bucks next time I see you. Okay. Do oh, that or I'll pay and scratch off lotto tickets. Your choice. <laughs> How's everything in Jackson, Mississippi? Man, it's cold. It's cold, cold in Mississippi, huh? I was telling you guys before Monday night it's supposed to be eight degrees here, which means like the world's gonna shut down. No, it's been a cold um I mean, we have cold winters, it's just not yeah. long stretches. I mean, it's nothing for us to get down in the teens, but uh the last two weeks just highs in the mid forties, lows in the low thirties, and um that's unusual for us to sustain that. But you know, what we say here in Mississippi is if you don't like the weather, just wait an hour and it'll change. So it's going to be 70 like Friday, and then Sunday it's going to be like a high of 35. So everybody stay sick. Well, the 70 must be nice. I say it's like the direct opposite of up here. It's been like unusually not death cold yet. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Um, as Usually you step some, like as, right as outside. Some and... weight, the, more, the more cold natured I've become, which is <laughs> it worries people at work when they see me wearing a coat. Because funny story. Uh, I used to be the most hot natured human being you've ever seen. And I only if I wore a coat or whatever inside, like I was sick one day at work, I was, I was really sick. And, um, I put a coat on 
And uh, everybody kind of looked at me scared. Well, the next morning, my phone rings and it's our vice president. He goes, hey, what are you doing today? I said, I'm getting ready to come to work. He said, no, you're not. I heard you wear a jacket all day yesterday. Don't bring that <laughs> stuff in here. So, but yeah, I have become a lot more cold natured. Well, it's, it's really impressive too, like your transformation, what you're doing. How many pounds have you dropped? 125. Good wow. Lord. Wow. It's like a full person. It's like a petite person. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Chris Robinson. It's like a Chris Robinson. It's like a really tall circa ninety six. You are like, following in the footsteps of Brother Steve Jewell, bass player for Blackstone Cherry. I think he. You know, I feel. I feel. Um. I feel great. I've lost ninety since last Valentine's Day, and then over the course of three or four years before that, I I had lost the rest. But no, I feel great. I've I haven't had a single bite of. I haven't had a cheat bite, let alone a cheat meal since February 14th. And, um, wow. I exercise nice. as much as I can. And, um, I, I quit drinking, haven't had any red meat, uh, no white They're gonna bread. They're going to kick you out of the South. You know that, right? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still eat a lot of like pork though. Okay. Pork, but right. it's only, I only eat pork loin. I eat like the same 15 foods a day, but anyway, enough about my, my diet. People aren't tuning in for that. What are we tuning in for, Jason? Well, so two things. What are they One, tuning in for? <laughs> there's some really big Black Crows news coming out this week that we want to get to because you guys are the premier place for Black Crows related stuff. But first, you know, you guys have had a lot of change with your podcast, more change coming, do a lot of great stuff. We want to catch up on a little bit of what's happening in the world of the State of America podcast. Well, about three or four months ago, Ian had a very smart idea that we needed some help and uh, especially help with Patreon. And um, Jason Donsis was the first person that ever signed up for Patreon. He's been a huge supporter of the podcast, hung out. You and I both hung out with him for a little bit in Nashville a couple of years ago. Yep. And um, I don't know if he had mentioned he wanted to get into editing or something like that. And Ian just messaged me one night and he goes, Hey, hope it's okay. I asked Jason to be our producer. And Ian very meticulous about how things get produced and, and things like that. And so he sent a file to Jason and uh, Jason edited it and sent it back. And Ian called me, he goes, man, I can't find anything wrong with it. And so um, we turned Patreon editing over to him for a while. And then he got more involved with it. And um, he actually edits some of the big episodes now, probably more than Ian does. And he pretty much does the dirty work for Patreon he organizes the Zoom hangs, comes up with topics. He uh, He's actually booked us on a couple other. I mean, he's a true producer, and uh, he won't let us pay him, and he still pays for his Patreon membership. I feel bad for it, but he has injected some creativity that was much needed after um, you know as many episodes as we've done. Sometimes you hit like a creative lull, and mm -hmm. uh, he has really come on board and, and kind of um, – kind of shaking things up a little bit, but he is a, uh, he's a official member of state of America. So um, if people ask us who does it, it's me and Ian and Jason, and I could not be more thankful for what he's done because he does a great job with Patreon. I, when we started Patreon, I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. And we've been very blessed to have a lot of people on there and people don't really leave. We've probably only lost three or four people over three years due to being wow. dissatisfied with it. 
we've had some people drop out. They'll message, hey, it's just a financial thing. And most of them wind up coming back. But mm-hmm. I would say our retention rate is somewhere between 95, 96%. From what I've heard from other people who have Patreons, that's pretty outstanding. But we work our tail off to make it worth people's money. And so uh, we appreciate everybody that joins. You guys are on there. You're some of the mm-hmm. first. We appreciate it. Yeah, well, I think, Brian, again, Brian and I have talked about this before. We wouldn't be doing this podcast, I don't think, without you guys' support and showing the way and, and lending some kind words and some help behind the scenes. So, of course, of course, we're going to give you money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Join, join. We want more money. No, we put well, we put probably over half of it directly back into Patreon. Um, Ian and I keep a small bit for ourselves um, just because we've, your, your, we've, I mean, well, we've spent, we've spent yeah. so much money over the years, you know, doing giveaways and trips and stuff. So I'm able to write some of that off now. And yeah. uh, we do have to turn in a W2 for uh, wow. Patreon, but no. Um, and we still take money out of our own pocket to do things. But um, one of the things that's really cool, Dave Gorman, who's Steve Gorman's brother is pay- on Patreon. And I first met him in Nashville when, when all of us went to trigger hippie. And then I watched trigger hippie in Birmingham with him. I stood there with him the whole thing. And, and he's just, the nicest guy. Well, when we were getting ready to go hang out with Johnny Colt, he messaged me. He said, Hey, I got a, what's your address? I got a bunch of stuff to send you. So he sent me this huge box of exclusive crow stuff and, uh, like tour books from a Morka, three snakes. Um, I mean, just Steve Gorman's postcards that he sent Dave, uh, from around the world, all this stuff. And we got to give it away on uh Patreon. And it, that was a lot of fun. And, and we're very blessed that, we have some people in that sphere that send us stuff. Uh, they always ask to remain anonymous, but it's some people pretty high up at one point or in their organization. And so um, I don't really keep any of it for myself. I enjoy sending stuff out. And when Johnny Colt was here at my house, he signed for probably 35, 40 things we gave away and um, just really appreciative of his friendship as well. But um, I, this thing I never five years ago when I, when I had that, it started this Johnny Colt came to my house and sat in my living room. I mean, I just, (laughs) that just still blows me away. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with factor meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. I saw the, I think it was on Instagram. I saw the picture of the, the state of America or America or bust. 
um, tour mm -hmm. book. Like what's in that? Mm -hmm. What I, I don't think I've ever seen one of those. So books. those are so um, when Johnny came to my house, he gave me his personal Three Snakes and One Charm tour book, and it's absolutely fascinating. So let's say let's say they're Jason. You're let's say let's say they're playing Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So it'll have like hold on. It's going to dig it out for us. Yeah, hold on. Y'all can edit this commotion out. Now nah, we we like that. I mean, listen, we like for our, our listeners to hear what really goes on out there. There's David no... David's looking for something in some sort of like a state of America merchandise Museum. closet. I think <laughs> I'm not Earth. sure. I, I'm I'm not sure where it is, but um so it's it's a binder. It's about this tall, you know, mm -hmm. five or six inches tall. So to say like Cincinnati, December the third. What's the name of a place they would play in Cincinnati? Um, right, probably where they would play at that time. And well, they're bigger than Bogarts Taft Theater. Taft, I've saw them Taft, Taft Theater a couple okay. times. There you go. Taft so Theater. Taft Theater, it'll give the address, the date, and it'll say like who's opening. But then here's where it gets fascinating: bus arrives at two o'clock, two thirty load in begins, three o'clock sound check, four o'clock meal. And it, it breaks everything down and then it gives the capacity of the venue and it gives like load out and it'll have like a little note or two at the bottom if there's something unique about it. But then almost all of them say nearest 24 hour restaurant. Oh, so it'll be like yeah. Waffle House five blocks away or two blocks away. But anyway, it's it's pretty cool to go through. And it's more stuff. I, I just I haven't gone through all of it, but um, it was really cool that Johnny gave that to me. And then Dave gave me two three snakes tour books he gave me two amorca tour books and he may have given me oh he gave me a lines uh either lines or by your side tour book but we gave them all away and it's it's neat i'll um maybe on a zoom hang i'll pull pull it out and um we'll i'll read some of it to people because it's pretty cool i remember uh steve saying in some interview quite a while years ago like he said you can name any almost any U.S. city, and he could tell you where there's a good diner or a laundromat. <laughs> no, I mean it, it. Literally says on there nearest twenty four hour um, restaurant, and most time it's like a Waffle House or a Denny's or something like that. But yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. You, you think about how structured all of that is, and then mm -hmm. to think about that tour book is put together before they go on tour. So all the hard work that went into that, um, it's fascinating. Well, all that too before, guys, you think about it before really Google was a thing. And I, what kind of reconnaissance did you have to do to get all that information pre, you know, pre-internet? Yeah, I, I'm sure it's one of those things like they call the Vineyard. What's the nearest Waffle House? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But you got, you know, you got a low level person just calls everybody. Yeah, it's fascinating, though. But I'll I'll um, next time we do a Zoom hang, I'll get it out and we'll read it. I want to give Jason Donchus a little bit more credit to um, one. He's, I think he's doing stellar work. Like you said, production stuff. Some of the things I love about your Patreon are like the Patreon radio that you guys do. It's a very, you and Ian and other guests get on and talk about certain bands or certain types of music. I love those. Cause I love what you're going to come up with. I love to hear the songs. Those are always really cool. And you guys just for, for a Patreon for 10 bucks a month, there is so much content like it is literally so much content. It's hard to keep up with. And that's a good thing, whether it's contests because you guys give stuff away. It's Patreon radio. It's exclusive interviews. 
It is amazing. It is. I'm on a couple Patreons. It's probably the best value pound for pound that I've I've seen. Well, I appreciate that. We um we decided when we did it, we're just going to do one tier. We're not going to do the two tier thing. And um, I told Ian, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it all in. And I was like, I think ten dollars is going to wind up being a value, and it has been. I do want to say this though, because uh, we, I don't know if. I'm not sure when our episode is going to air, so th- it's probably going to air after this. Jason pretty much helped us acquire the R4 podcast, the Ridiculous yeah. Rock Record Review podcast. Aaron Martell's done a fabulous job on that, and mm-hmm. he just couldn't do it anymore. And so Jason spearheaded that. So he, it's kind of going to be his baby. We're taking it over in February. We're going to have a revolving cast of characters, and we're going to uh, maybe pick some people off our Patreon. But it's a... It's three or four people, and you just go track by track on an album. But it's not a lot of like back and forth dialogue. It's just kind of like matter of fact, like well, this song yeah. starts off in a three four, and you know stuff like that. But we're going to um, we're going to have a good time with that. We've already got a spreadsheet of about forty albums that we're working on. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first one is going to be the second Collective Soul album. If and uh, I know we're going to do like Alice in Change, Jar Flies, uh, Motley Crue 94. We're going to do Master of Puppets. Uh, Jason's got a bunch of 90 stuff on there because he's uh, Green Day's Dookie is going to be one of them. So uh, be on the lookout for that because um, and, and we're very grateful that Aaron Martell trusts us with his, his baby. And that's going to be something that we're going to do. And uh, it's going to be a separate feed from State of America, but it's, it's still going to involve us and, and a lot of our friends. Sounds Brian, awesome. sounds like we're going to have awesome. the State of America podcast network, perhaps. Mm-hmm. We actually toyed with that at one point. And um, just things got in the way. But we'd actually talked to to some other people about seeing if they wanted to kind of come on under our umbrella. But um, it didn't work out. But um, these things usually work out for the best. So um, it's probably what it way it's supposed to be. It'd be a lot more work. Go, go, sorry, Brian, go ahead. <laughs> we failed to raise our hands. Damn it. Um, well, I saw a while back you were like saying you know certain things under the state of America brand. Yeah, that we did that thing called Album Club, and um it was successful. A lot of people listened to it and downloaded it, but kind of talking to Ian and, and some other people, we just thought it kind of watered down um what we were doing. It, it just the not watered it down, but keep the main thing the main thing. And so that when the R4 thing came up, Jason had the idea for it. And he asked Ian and I what we thought about it. And well, that's the creative outlet we could all use. And, and, um, Don just does a great job on on all of those podcasts as well. So Mm -hmm. he's going to do a great job kind of spearheading that, but that's kind of where we're going to get our kicks from. I, you know, I used to do digital kill the radio star. It's not officially retired, but for all practical purposes, it is. And so, um, we're just going to have fun talking about records and we're going to do some that Aaron has already done before. Maybe like a, a remix we'll call it or something like that. But, um, you know, we obviously listen to more music than just the black crows. So, uh, it's fun to talk music. It's, um, basically what I've been doing my whole life, except it's just being recorded. Yeah. And I know Brian and I both have been on digital kill before, and I always really enjoyed all those episodes. Yeah. You know, we did a bunch um, a whole lot more than I ever thought we would do. And, and Chris, I tell you, he did that. He did the podcast as a favor to me. 
So, um, I, you know, I always did pretty much everything with it. Now he booked a lot of guests and, and he, um, especially the guests that I wasn't that familiar with, he laid out the interviews and, and did a good job on that. But, uh, he just got married. He's got his first child on the way and I've been concentrating on my health a lot and it's just kind of fallen by the, the wayside. We may do one final goodbye at some point, but you know, life gets in the way. And, uh, like I said, Patreon takes up a lot of our time and so yeah. does the podcast. So. I'm not complaining that we had a great run. I had a lot of fun and got to meet a lot of people. I never thought I would ever meet. Yeah. That's always cool too. When you've got either a collection of, of guys or, or, you know, people that you meet that, Hey, I'm going to be in this city for a show. Who's going to go join up with us that we, you know, that we can go to and hang out. You guys do a lot of that, or you even make some destination things for other people to come to, which I think is fantastic. Meet people from bands. Or, you know, or, or in the business. So if you go somewhere, you, you got somebody to talk to, and, you know, oftentimes you get tickets. So stuff that Brian and I kind of find out that's really, it's a lot of fun outside of just doing the podcast with meeting people, hanging out, getting some perks, like going to some shows. Yeah, I'm never going to turn down anything free. No, of course not. I, I do have a question for you, though, because I know you have a very special guest coming up on the state of more podcast to a guest that Brian and I, I have had on a couple of times from a band that we love. Are you allowed to talk yeah. about who it is and when the episode is yeah. going to be? Yeah, it's episode 100. It'll come out. We've got one coming out. Um, next, either this week or next week with, um, the rich Robinson. one. Okay. Um, with some you have a really special guest on that one. Yeah. We couldn't get anybody. So we, uh, we call <laughs> <You got> Johannes <laughs> here. Um, that one's Brian. You out. get to hear some of my shitty guitar playing on that that, that podcast. <laughs> and, just um, so you know, episode one hundred. It's our one hundredth proper episode of just about the Black Crows. It's going to be actually, but it's going to be Charlie Starr. And right so on. we've had him on. Um, we've had him on twice, and yeah. um, we have a couple of people that have told us yes for possibly in January that would be first timers. Um, one of them I think's backing out on us, but um, we're gonna. We're going to make it work. We got a lot of, we got a lot of ideas. We're going to retract by your side with the B sides and uh, reorder the, um, the track listing and, and take obviously diamond ring and go tell the congregation are out. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things Dantas has come up with like black crows trivia. We're going to do rich Robinson's flux and uh, just whatever interviews fall in our lap. Uh, I can't wait for that by your side episode because all you guys are well aware. I'm an unabashed by your side fan but I do know that there are some of the best B-sides from their entire catalog off that record and some of the worst tracks actually included on that CD. So a remix, I can't wait to hear what to come up because that, that could be that could be a top three or four rec crows record if you did the right those you, the you, right you take out. you take go faster, hit in my opinion, you take go faster, heavy. Diamond ring, go tell the congregation, put in grows a rose. You don't have to go. Uh, it must be over in peace anyway. And oh. you have a whole other beast there. Grows and a I, rose I think, I think anyway. even, even the people that hate that record so much would tell you how much better that record would be with that. The, the people that hate that record, I'm saying it right now in public have, they have no sense of fun. It's just, a, it's, it's like, it's junk food. That record is junk food. There's a time and place for it. So my theory on it is if that comes out after shake your moneymaker, it's a loved album, but it came after three snakes and it yeah. completely was different than the progression that they were. Right. And they had conditioned the fan base with 
Amorica and with Three Snakes and with those shows, they conditioned the fan base not to be in the big the big rock shows. And so when you lose a, an original member and then you know you lose Mark Ford, and you're not your critical success, but your financial success is is reverting, and you go right back to to that kind of sound like shake your moneymaker it's it's startling and i think they tried to get some of that back with lines a little bit with stuff like greasy grassy river uh lay it all on me even midnight from the inside out but um i, I just feel like had that album come out after shake your moneymaker it would have been viewed differently for sure and there's some radio friendly hits on there i mean kicking my yeah. heart around and Grows a rose and, and peace anyway yep. would have done fine on the radio. Yep. That's the first time I think they had some extended airplay, both on the regular FM rock radio. We were laughing about that earlier mm-hmm. today in a group chat. And then on MTV. Yeah. So I mean, Weird Al directed a video off of that record. Crazy, isn't it? I, I never and, I never thought of that as a, a huge departure. I mean, I understand and you know what you're explaining about the fan base and stuff. So I I agree there. But for me, it was like especially compared to everything else that was coming out around that time. It's like, Hey, this is great compared to that. And I, I'm going to admit without shame. I didn't think I'd have to admit this. Cause I didn't feel shame, but I like go tell the congregation. Mm. I guess I'm the odd one out. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, heavy has a line. that says, I like the way you wiggle your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy. I can that do. is not under a mountain. You know, that is not wiser time. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with stuff like that. It just wasn't them at the time. I think, and David, you know this better than than in, uh, us, but they were told really, right, go in the studio, just go out there and rock it, just whatever comes. I don't think they probably did a bunch of takes or a bunch of rewrites on lyrics, and they just kind of went with whatever whatever came to them. I, yeah, I've, I've been told that a lot of it was just on the fly. But, I mean, yeah. This is months after they record band. Yeah. You know, which like, is a shame, a crime. That was you, never. You go in and do another roadside tragedy, and then you go to this. Speaking of band, is there any chance you think that it ever gets mixed and mastered and released? I think the only way it would, if they were to decide to do a true career box set. And I just don't know if the appetite is there. I mean, people like us would go for it because you've got those um, Daniel Lenoir studio sessions in New Orleans with Exit on there. Those are floating around. I mean, there's so many versions of those songs that were on Tall. There's like four versions of Feathers and and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like all that's laying around. And then I've had other people tell me there's just all kind of stuff laying around that we haven't even heard. And so... you know, obviously that's not going to sell a million copies, but I could see it coming out on something like that. Now it was pulled about a year or so ago from the streaming services. Yep. And yeah. a lot of times when acts do that, it means something's coming up, but you got to think there's going to be an Amorica box set. I, I don't know if there would be enough of an appetite for three snakes, but uh, if they ever did a proper box set, it's, I would think it would be in there, but you know, sometimes you, these guys, take a left when they should take a right when it comes to stuff like this. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes often i ha- i still have i have the lost crows on cd and i've got one of those weird ones where they're mislabeled 
<laughs> you, you know, it's the opposite of yeah. what it's supposed to be. And, you know, that sounds pretty good. Obviously, it's still not polished up, but I would love to one or two things, have somebody go back, kind of like what Jimmy Page has done with the Zeppelin cat, remaster it, or those guys got go, those guys go back in the studio and just re-record that record. I don't think they could capture that though. With I mean, it, I mean they were they had just come off basically two years of touring and there were obvious issues both from a relationship standpoint and from a substance standpoint going on. And I, I think all that contributed to how good that album is. I mean, it's the last recorded music with Johnny Colt at, uh, you know, with the black crows and, yeah. and, and Mark Ford. So I don't know if they could recapture that magic. I, I don't know. I just think that time may have passed. Was band that, that was cut before the further festival run, right? Wasn't it? I think it was cut after they came off the road with three snakes. Right. The further festival was in 97, summer of 97. I'm pretty sure they were completely off the road. Okay. And they went in, I'm 95% sure. And then things fell apart after that. Cause you know, when, when the first time we had Johnny on, we talked about, um, one of the songs on there and he was like I, I don't know what you're talking about and so then we explained to him he goes oh yeah yeah so we went in the studio he goes that was some really good stuff and then everything kind of ended so that was like so right before mark left or uh, mark's on it so mark right, and right. johnny are on it. Yeah, yeah so it, it couldn't have been or long after mark that, and johnny that, left, that, that they both left so what's the story on why they never went forward to try to do something and get that out there I mean, they, you know, you re, it, they signed a big label deal for By Your Side. I don't think there was very much on there that would have been radio friendly. I could see them having a hit, honestly, on country music with Wyoming and me. Mm-hmm. You could you could throw that out there. But I don't think there was anything necessarily that jumped out as big radio single. And, and By Your Side clearly had those songs. I mean, those songs got played a lot, at least where I live. Yeah. Um, you know, the afternoon FM stations. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you know, and they probably were wanting to move on from, from Johnny and Mark and, and have something different. Who knows what was really going on. It'll probably never get the complete truth on that. But, um, but yeah, Chris those, and Rich are so like open and uh, talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll if I ever talk to him. It is something I'm going to ask him about. And, and Brian, like, listen, there is no better advocate for the black crows than the state of a more pod mm-hmm. state of a more podcast. I still don't know why you can't get one or both those guys to come on. I, th- I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we, um, I mean, we've tried and I don't know in my head, it may be like, let's say for some reason, somebody started a podcast about state of a which I know is never going to happen. And they want to have an, it may be kind of weird. Um, but we, we definitely would give them probably one of the better interviews that they've ever done. I, I mean, I hate to brag, but I think we did the best Mark Ford interview I've ever heard. Oh, for sure. When we had him on. And, um, I mean, we interviewed Sven. Sven doesn't talk. You know, right. I didn't even know how, what he sounded like until I talked to him on the phone. And then the Gorman one I want to go back and redo. It was our first one. We were both honestly nervous. We knew it was a mm-hmm. big deal. And yeah. uh, I go back and listen to it, and I flubbed it several times with my questions and 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 kind of got him off track and then um 
the first Johnny one was was great. Um, Audley told me he was going to come on, and then he won't respond to my text. So, <laughs> we, <laughs> here, we, I hear you. We want to have um, we obviously want to have Luther on, and so I I've got my fingers crossed that that we're going to get them at one of them at some point, but we've been turned down a few times. So it is what it is. I'm so impressed for how deeply you've got into like that community, you know, and then like you say, you get people, you know, sending you stuff and the music and memorabilia. And that's, that's really impressive. You know, it wasn't on purpose and that's why I think it has gone the way that it has. Um, I've never reached out to somebody and said, Hey, do you have this? Do you have this? And it's somewhat of a club. And if you, if you can, if you can earn one or two people's trust, the word kind of spreads. Um, I mean, we have gotten people on because other members of the van have vouched for us. We have gotten people on because people associated with the band have vouched for us. We've had people on that other people in that camp have reached out to and, and said, Hey, would you come on? And then they tell us, and then we've had some, some people that I'm never allowed to tell, um, have helped us in a great deal. And so I just find like one, you can never betray their trust. And, um, you know, if they tell you something's off the record, it's off the record. And then if you treat them like human beings and don't, yeah. you know, like, oh, my gosh, remember that time in 92, you know, and like, I, and I, I've become legitimate friends with uh, with Johnny Colt. And um, I tell people we have never picked up the phone and talked about the Black Crows. Never even comes up other than like when he was coming to my house or we went to his house and he's like, hey, I got this and this. Uh, it's just about life. And um He's a genuine, authentic dude. But yeah, back to your point, when you get in the club, you're in the club. Now you can't do anything to get kicked out. <laughs> you get kicked out. I don't think you're getting back in. And so, um, mm-hmm. we didn't do any of this to, to like get anything out of it. It's just kind of naturally, you know, naturally happened. Um, Sven took Ian backstage. Uh, he took me backstage and, um, I just, we've never, in my opinion, done anything to hurt the black crow's name. There's, there's a few times, you know, I, I state my opinion a little bit more forcibly than Ian does. There, there's some, but if you say you like 100% everything, everybody does, that's called a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, 98% of what they do, I think is brilliant. There's a 2% that I have some issues with and I'm, you know, I'd be disingenuous if I came on and it's like, oh yeah, go travel congregation. It's one of the best songs they've ever written. <laughs> it's one of the worst songs they've ever written. <laughs> But I mean, Bob Dylan has bad. Bob Dylan has a lot Sorry, of Brian. opinion, That's but, okay. uh, you know, uh, people, people like Bob Dylan stuff. And even the most yeah. diehard Bob Dylan fans say, eh, there's this one or two albums, but no, it's, it's been fun to get to know these people and, uh, honestly become friends with a lot of them. Oh, definitely for sure. And, you know, you guys, while not a call, you're always very positive and very fair. I think, you know, to, to the band and everybody involved in the band too. And I think that's, that appreciate that's appreciated. The energy is there. It's good. And even when the things to your point, David, that you can be critical of, you do it in a, a fair and fun and whatever manner. It's never to the point of being like negative or bad. No, no it's not. And, um, I was told one time about a person that was in the presence of some other people with, 
I'm not going to say who, but they were in the presence of some people and, and said, yeah, all they do is bash the crows on that podcast. And Oh, my God. It's the complete opposite. Like, this, you know, this even person, when there's this a person softball. said he just stepped in and goes, stop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's no telling what could get clipped out yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and given to people. But uh, if I, I had Chris and Rich on, I mean, I would. I'd be like, you know, 98% of what you do is brilliant. There's a couple of things that, uh, you know, took a left Who was turn advising on. you on your business? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, I really want to talk music with Rich. Yeah. I really do. And I would love to have an honest, focused conversation with Chris. Yeah. Where, where, you know, he, he's in the right headspace and we can just talk music and not talk you know, say, you know, not, not, just be a straightforward interview. If you promise me this, if you get a chance to talk to Rich, I want you to ask him, has he ever watched Peaky Blinders, that series on Netflix? Because Nick Cave is, does a, has a theme song for it, which one of his songs, and it's nothing but Nick Cave music throughout. And he's a big Nick Cave guy, right? Yeah. You know that he talks about him and, Keith for their um, alternate tunings. And that's kind of where he learned all of that. I would just love to hear if he's ha have seen that show and then, you know, have him talk about it. I mean, can you imagine Rich Robinson at night watching Netflix? That's what I see. That's the, that's the stuff I like to talk about with people. Like everybody asks the same music questions. It's like, you're like, how, how do you live your life? Like, what do you do? What's your yeah. I mean, are you, are you going to Domino's and picking up the, uh, you know, the deep dish? Well, what toppings do you like? Do you get breadsticks? I mean, you know, yeah. I would think, you know, uh, talking to him about gear, about guitars and stuff would, you know, could be, you know, that would be a more interesting conversation to him than some journalists that are going to ask him all the cookie cutter questions well, and stuff. Well, if we ever have him on, we first of all, we never, like, outline interviews. We haven't done yeah. that since Mark Ford. But we, I've learned some tricks along the way of, of, of how to, get in good with people very early on in interview. And, and one of the things we'd like to talk to him is each one of us pick a solo song and ask him about that and, and then get into the gear. Ian and Ian can talk the gear. I'm just going to have to be sit there and you know, stare into the screen. Well, you know, your podcast like ours too is very organic and it's not, it's not journalism. Like what people yeah. do, it is conversations. And, and me personally, like I'm not going to pretend to be a journalist. I'm not, but I, I would love to, and Brian does the same thing. We just sit and talk to you like, Hey, if we ran into you somewhere, these are the conversations that we would have. Yeah. There's, you have to have a good mix of that. Um, I have found if somebody's promoting something. Sure. You got to do get, that. Get into okay. it first and, and, and really be interested and do your homework on it. And then that sets them at ease. I do the opposite, Brian. We do the opposite a little bit. We do some small talk and some fun, like getting mm -hmm. people engaged. And then we go to a little bit to what they're promoting to just, I think we try to disarm people, make, make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, Hey, we're, you know, we're just kind of mm -hmm. here to have a little bit of fun. It's, you know, it's, it, I think it's maybe a little less, I shouldn't say easier for us, but I mean, we're dealing with a lot of more like newer artists and stuff, but yeah, I do yeah. feel like we've gotten like really in a good place not that we weren't in a good place, but I think we've really gotten, I feel like we've gotten deep with Charlie star into we've gotten his trust and stuff. But I was going to say the other thing too, that's been so interesting. I think it'd be interesting to talk to rich about is just that history of music in, in Atlanta 
you know, and just like that's such a big thing to me, the camaraderie between bands. And, you know, when we talked to Andrew Cycler from Rare Birds, it was just fascinating because he's been around those guys since, you know, Mr. Crow's Garden days. So, yeah, that that Atlanta music. Rock but you know, one of the things, one of the things I find interesting about this, you don't hear them associated with anybody else from Atlanta other than um, like Mary, my hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because Gorman was in it and, and Sven was in it. You don't really hear about them. Well, driving and crying had already kind of broke by the end, but um, you don't really hear about them interacting with them that much. And I know they played shows together and they're friends, but um, I, I personally, this is somewhat controversial. I kind of feel like they separated themselves from Atlanta. Um, You know, they, they were more into the replacements and mm-hmm. um, REM than they were Leonard Skinner or the Almond Brothers. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. that's clearly obvious. Listen to Mr. Crow's yeah. guard stuff. And mm-hmm. then, yep. you know, they were into punk. And um, so I, if you, if you listen to that stuff, priest shake your moneymaker, it doesn't sound like shake your moneymaker. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know how not plugged in, but how maybe they, how much they wanted to be in that scene. Because you just don't hear a lot of people that that went on to to really do anything around that time really talk about them. Well, I think too is until Mark Ford got in the band, they probably didn't have somebody with with the the background or the musical chops of that style of music either, like the southern rock or the you know the more the blues rock, right? Because Mark really brought that into southern harmony and everything else. Yeah, he definitely did. He definitely did. I. I think he just took a great band, really good, great band, and made them exceptional. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I got to ask your opinion, David, about... I know when you guys had Britt on, 
I remember you asked him like what influenced you know the crows influence them and he said oh well, probably like what like what what's your opinion on that because I think they're still stylistically similar and I know obviously Charlie and those guys have so many wide variety of, of music tastes or whatever but well, I mean Britt was in like a hardcore punk band wasn't he mm-hmm. well him and kind of... him and uh him and Richard were in a band called Nihilist yeah they like opened up for like Slayer and Testament and stuff mm-hmm. down there yeah so um I like what Blackberry Smoke has done. I think they've taken some of the better elements of the Black Crows, at least um, musically. And um, I think they treat their fans well. I, one of the things we talk about him on there is just how much merch they have. Yeah. Uh, they have millions of shirts. And uh, he tells a funny joke about wanting a brown shirt and how it was the worst selling shirt they ever had. But I, I told him this, and of anybody that I've met through all this, I haven't met another band that cares as much and does as much for their fans as they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, um, they really go all out with the merch and, and the shows, but no, I think there's undeniably that the crows influence that. I mean, Richard and, um, and, and Brit were around from jump street seemingly mm-hmm. and, and then really got involved around that three snakes time. And, and, and Charlie, um, obviously grew up listening to them. And so, I think they probably took some of that, you know, let's change the set list up. Let's jam it out. Let's have some tasteful covers. I'm sure they got some of that from them. So we're going to throw a trivia question at you here, David. All right. Chris Robinson of the Black Crows helped name Blackberry Smoke, but there was an original name. He told Charlie that the band should be called. Do you remember the name? It was something vulgar, wasn't it? Yep. I can't remember the name, but I remember it being pretty vulgar. Brian, do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> You're saying it, man. Well, I mean, he's been, he, he first brought up New Earth Mud to them. I know that. Yeah. But Sweatpants Boner was like the one he wanted. He said, you should call yourself Sweatpants Boner. Yeah. And that's, that's going to get, that's going to put butts in the seats. <laughs> that's going to limit where you can play and how much merch you sell, you sell yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, Brian, should we get to the the big Black Crows news and the reason that we really wanted David on here to talk about what we've some some very important information about the Crows this week? Let's do it. So, David, we'll let you talk about it. So what is going on? What have we heard concrete about the Black Crows in 2024? It looks like the album is coming out March the 15th. It's going to have 10 songs on it. One of them is going to be uh, Lainey Wilson, who's like a up-and-coming country singer. She's going to be on it. Um, I've been told with pretty much good authority, and it was described as a big, fat rock record. And I think that's what we're going to get. Um, obviously, Stern played a, a snippet of Wanting and Waiting, and it's going to drop two days after we record this. And so uh, by, by the time this out, people have heard it. The part I heard, I liked. The, the, it was a little more to the lyrics. It's got a little bit of a by your side sound to it. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a full sound, and um, I'm I'm actually more excited about this than I was about six months ago. Um, I've um, I've heard from some people that uh, have listened to some of it that um, we're going to like it. One thing I picked up on listening to the little snippet on Stern the other day is the. the the keys back to the swirling 
rock sound and not so much of the space stuff that we've got and the kind of the later part of the band. So that was really encouraging. It sounded great, uh, very upbeat. And again, I, I cannot wait until actually today, this is coming out on Friday, the 12th uh, to hear the whole entire track. Yeah. The other interesting thing to find out is who's playing. We know it's rich Chris and Sven. Don't necessarily so we don't know. know other guitar drummer it said the the thing i read said it was recorded early of 23 and i don't think nico was in the band then so uh, rich has been known to do all the guitars on an album i mean look anytime chris and rich are making music i'm gonna go for it and i'm gonna listen to it and i'm probably gonna get a little too excited uh, the day it comes out and be like oh it's one of the best records ever and it, it still may be then i'll come down from it a little bit i'm like a child but I, I'm really excited about this. It's great that they're back together in any formation. And it's been a long time since they've written something. It's been a long time since they wrote rock songs together. So uh, Chris has definitely been in that rock star vibe here lately. And uh, I think we're in for a good time. I think we're in for a fun record. And what is the title of the record? Happiness Bastards. That's a weird title for Black Crow's record. It is, and you know, some stores may not carry it with that. <laughs> or name. they're going to block out one of the words on the front of it. <laughs> I mean, do you it? Do you suppose that it might be an insight to their state of mind when they were making it? Either that, or it's a joke that we don't know the right. punchline for. I mean, and there's I another got, song too. Go ahead. I would I would have gone with something else, but that's just me. <laughs> it's just. It doesn't fit of where kind of we've seen the track titles or the or the record titles for Black Crows, and they're you know, not really. And they've they've never been a band that has a lot of swear words. No, you know, or, or not... just like goofy stuff. Yeah, so maybe we'll find out if we were to ever have them on. I'll ask them where the title came from. Yes, yeah, it, it was a while back that I think Eddie Trunk had posted on one of his socials that that he had heard some of the stuff and that the, the title had a funny tongue-in-cheek kind of name but i'm interested to, to you know try to figure out you know have my own opinion of what the subject matter of uh, rats and clowns and uh bleed it dry which sounds kind of interesting to bleed it dry sounds like a, a rolling stone song like let it bleed but bleed it dry like part two interesting titles for sure well, let's run through them because I think we've got the speculative track listing or something that we were. So the, the record will be called Happiness Bastards. Like you said, David, March 15, 2024. Uh, side one, track one, Bedside Manners. Track two, Rats and Clowns. Track three, Cross Your Fingers. Track four, Wanting and Waiting. And track five is that is Wilted Rose featuring Laney Wilson, like you said. Uh, side two, another five songs, Dirty Cold Sun. Uh, Bleed It Dry, Flesh Wound, Follow the Moon, and Kindred Friend is the 10th and final track. Interesting titles. Definitely interesting titles. And you know, normally the um, second song is the first, is the lead single. Yeah, and we've got the fourth song on side one is the lead single. Yeah. Yeah, I I was excited when Stern played that little snippet of it. He's and a I've actually had some... Fan. I've actually had some people that are pretty cynical about the Black Crows message me go, hey, I'm kind of encouraged by this. I was, Brian, were you when when I we saw yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, like you we, said, the, the the song titles are are interesting. I mean, so maybe there's some, you know, 
you know, it might sound, it sounds by your side era, but I've got a feeling it's going to be a little more, you know, lyrically deep a little bit or a little more like caring more about the lyrics. I know I can't remember where I read it, but I think, you know, Chris had said at that time, he wasn't really enthused about writing lyrics <laughs> for the by your side stuff or some of it. I thought this track had a good, good hook on the course. So once yeah. they hit, got to the course, pre-course and then actual course, the hook was pretty big on it. I mean, it sounds like them. It sounds like it should. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's the best compliment you can make. Us right. Hey, this sounds like sounds like the crows rocking. Sounds like a band that hadn't written a rock record in a while. Yep, and wanted to wanted to get back into it, and hopefully, all the touring under the uh, shake your money maker stuff, with a little bit more upbeat materials, kind of um, you know carried over into this record. I think that's kind of the rumor, isn't it? Hmm. All right, David, beyond the record, which we know is coming out in March, what should we expect from the Black Crows this year? I've heard a busy year. Anything else? What's that? I've heard of, I was told, quote unquote, a busy year. Okay. What does that mean? You know, nobody knows what all's going on with this Aerosmith thing. (laughs) Right. Are they still tied to it or not? Is it even going to happen? Yeah. Um, It's a hell of an injury for for a guy in his 70s to recover from. I'm I'm fairly informed that there's going to be they're going to tour the album. Okay, and well, I, um, I don't know if it's going to be this year because we got to see how the Aerosmith stuff shakes out. I mean, I've heard the Aerosmith show if it happens is late next year. Like, I mean, I, I think Joe Perry alluded to that. If it happens, it's going to be later than sooner. You mean like twenty five or twenty four? Twenty four. Okay, so. Basically, where it was supposed to happen this last year, it's going to happen one year later, like the fall, winter. I mean, it it just sounds like they don't know, like if it's going to yeah. happen. And that's tough too with the, with a band. They got a new record out. They're hoping to build the enthusiasm under the on the Aerosmith tour, which had a lot of hype. Now they're kind of in limbo with the record coming out. Yeah, it's a weird place to be. I just want them to do some smaller venues and, uh, and, and vary the set list up. You know, if they're doing like a true show and like a theater or something like that, they're going to have to play more than 14, 15 songs. Yeah. Yep. Also interesting to see how many of these songs they actually play live. Like, uh, he said about the stones in 2002 or three, when they, always play the stadium but they're gonna do arenas and theaters he goes we need more ammo so like you said they're they're if crows are gonna do theaters they're gonna need more ammo yeah and you know they, they are pretty good when an album comes out on the first tour they at least play every song once mm-hmm. yeah and i think i mean they're they're i'm confident they are a big enough draw to play these three thousand seat stadiums or three thirty five uh, seat sheds that are kind of those mid-sized venues. I think that's perfect. Like the ones that the Blackberry Smokes go in and, and play through. They should at a minimum still be able to put that many butts in the seats. I don't know if they're going to go, you know, with without um, Ticketmaster and stuff behind them, do these huge, you know, 20,000 seat amphitheaters. But I mean, there's no reason why they can't play 3,500, 4,000 seat venues. No, and especially packaged with the right, the right group. That'd be my next question. Like, 
you know what 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 are what's our hopes or desires for opening bands because like all through the 90s and that stuff you'd get someone that you hadn't heard of and then you got presented with you know this you know new 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 band whoever it might be or newer band it'll, or... it'll either be somebody that's very obvious or somebody that's completely out of left field you know um chris is real tight with um Rademacher from um beachwood sparks who has curation records and Chris has hopped in there and helped some, and the Uniboys actually opened for him in Las Vegas. And so uh, I could see something like that, but they're going to need somebody with more, you know, then maybe that could be like the first opening band, but they're going to need somebody with a little more little kick behind them. Yeah. But I mean, you look out there, uh, you got Marcus King sitting yep. there, you, you know, you've got, uh, I, I really think a band like the black Pumas would go over well with them they have a, a great live show a little more soul and r&b and mm -hmm. then um you know the obvious one's blackberry smoke which means it'll never happen because right. it's the <laughs> obvious one um but you go down and you start thinking like it's got to be somebody that it can't just be somebody you go oh they're really good it's got to be somebody that adds to the draw and blackberry smoke has a very devoted fan base yep. that are very yep. loyal and so it's bigger than most people than a lot of people i see you know think it is but Obviously, Marcus and, and Blackberry Smoke, I, you know, I mean, there's history with the drive-by truckers. I don't know how much they could bring to a, a place like that. But I saw the truckers open up for the Crows in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. Yeah. yeah, so it's got to be somebody, I think, that, that can help with ticket sales. I don't know if I want to see Blackberry Smoke open for the Crows. I don't I think they're bigger, bigger than that. Like, I always want to see, you know, uh, smoke headline shows obviously they wouldn't headline over the crows but i know like i i swear i saw that there, there was misky myers opened up a show or two on one of uh lately not lately but in the last year or so i thought for the crows I and mean, i know like like they've written a song with rich well i mean if they're truly trying to embrace this kind of rock and semi-southern rock roots something like that would work to some extent, I just think they got to get somebody that's got a decent, yeah, draw. yeah, that the people would show up for. Yeah, them. it can't be like, oh, you know, we're playing driving and crimes in Atlanta. You know, we're gonna get an extra four or five hundred people. Hey. It needs to be, you know, a real a real name. What if what if maybe they get Lainey Wilson and she comes on stage for that song? There you go. <laughs> it's probably the. I don't know if that's the crowd they're looking for, but right. it might draw. I really name. like her voice. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna crap on this thing. I I, I think it's, it's gonna be good. Yeah, there are a lot of good country artists. Like I've Marin Morris now is moving away from the country to do a little bit more rock pop stuff, has a great voice yeah. too. Um Manta Shires. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Jason Isabel's wife. And then um oh gosh, she had a record last year. I really, really I really like Mar um God, I'm blanking on her name now. I have to look this up. Talk Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. Ooh. That's actually that's actually interesting. I mean, he could he could definitely put some seats there. And he's a huge Black Crows fan too, as we know, because he covered he covered the Black Crows with Gorman playing drums on Sometimes Salvation already. Yeah. That could be killer. Um Margo uh Margot Price. Margot Price, go. yeah. She's kind of the flavor of the moment yeah she her her record was really good the one that came out early last year really good not not country at all is definitely more 
a little bit more mainstream. I also I think it. it'd be cool if they did city specific. Like if they're playing Birmingham, have Brother Kane, Atlanta, I'm in crime. You know, man, I saw Brother Kane in November. They were really good. They yeah. were really good Great on band. that reunion tour. Yeah, man, freaking Damon Johnson and Tony Higby on guitar. That just it was killer. Really killer. All right, David. Anything else that that you have a feel? I know you said you were told it's going to be a busy year, but like, what do you like? What are your what's your prediction for the year for the Black Rose? I think it's going to be a good one for them. I think they're going to get back out a little more intimate setting, okay. maybe, um, and get to be themselves a little bit more. And um, uh, obviously, though, they've got a concerted effort behind this push. You know, you had the whole thing with Stern that wasn't unplanned. And uh, we'll see what happens Friday when they release all the information. I'm obviously we're going to buy a bunch of copies, CDs, and records and stuff like that, and, and send out and shirts. So um, we're on board for it. We're ready. I, I think there's a lot of unknowns, but I, I've I, the exact quote was, "You're going to have a fun 12 months." Are there is there a pre-sale link out for the record? Not yet. I mean, all of this is is based on stuff that has been sent to like industry people. Yeah. Well, I know in our chat group that we have the state of America group, the state tall group, um, somebody tracked down that record pretty fast. You know, mm-hmm. we'd already planned on having you and Ian on to talk about what's going on with the crows. And then this popped up and that necessitated a little bit quicker action to have you guys, you know, hop on and tell us a little bit about what, what you know is happening. You know, it's been what? 14, 15 years since we had original music from them. It's a long time. I think Chris's voice sounds. Yeah. I think Chris's voice sounds really good. So, um, you don't wait that long to make a record and, and mail it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, wasn't the rumor there was like potentially up to twenty songs they had gone in and had or recorded? The story went that they were saying in interviews was that they had two albums worth of material. Do you think that's true? They're prolific. Yeah. But we also have bands sitting in a vault somewhere. It's true. <laughs> I think I didn't. I didn't recognize the producer's name that that that, that someone said they worked with. I think he's a country guy. Yeah, Kukulius was just there to do the Southern Harmony. Uh, you know, when they made the announcement remix on CERN or whatever, it sounded like Draculius was going to do it. He's a busy guy, and maybe yeah. when the Crows wanted to record, he was tied up. Before we, we, we get you out of here here in a few, David, answer me this question. If you had complete control over the Black Crows and any decisions they make, what's the one thing you 100% would have them do? Like, that, you got to do this. Um, embrace all parts of their career. Don't, wash, don't whitewash some of it and kind of forget it. Play the Three Snakes songs. Play the band songs. Play the By Your Side songs. Yeah. Um, just don't make it all the like the big rock songs because that's not all. That's not all who they are. E- embrace all eras of the band, and and they've gotten a lot of the common folk back. It's time to bring people like us back. And uh, which I'm, what I mean is, you want to get more people like that at multiple shows. And then I would tell them, you do an American box set. You do it right. You put exit in there. You put several versions of those tall songs on there. And then um, I guess kind of the Holy Grail is that 
uh, album release party they did for Amorca that nobody <laughs> talked about what all happened. Eric Bobo from um, Cypress Hill was on. He said, man, it, yeah. he said, that was a great episode. He's like, you're not getting any details out of me. It was wild. <laughs> he said he went back to the Cypress guys and goes, those black crows, man, they're on a whole other level. <laughs> no, just some stuff like that. I think they need to embrace some of that while doing the new stuff. I would like to see, you know, maybe they release a deluxe edition of this with, uh, you know, some alternate takes or some songs that didn't make it throw in a cool cover, you know, go in and, and, and properly record something like torn and frayed or fearless or something like that. Throw it out there. Uh, but they definitely have better management for the times. And so, um, and I, I would like to see them just do an interview where they're themselves. Mm hmm. Do, do a really good interview where they're not so guarded and uh, just be like, hey, I'm not going to ask you anything controversial, but let's just talk about some of this music. It's okay to talk about who played on the album, if you don't, even if you don't like them. Well, I know a great platform where they can go in and have an interview like that, don't you, Brian? I do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. If you need a recommendation, just send them our way. Brian and I will give you a good one. Okay. Whatever that's worth. <laughs> No, I got my fingers crossed. I think I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I do too. Brian, do you, do you have yeah. a wish for what you'd like to see from the Black Crows that we're not getting? Um, just, you know, like you done, David said it, you know, like uh, embrace all eras, you know. We'd like to see, you know, a little more mixing it up, you know. I mean, there's the staple songs and stuff, but... You know, it's, you know, it's kind of like, what you know, Blackberry Smoke, but they, you know, they, you always get, you know, ain't much left to me at the end. You always get Sleeping Dogs. You always get Waiting for the Thunder. You always get, you run away from it all. But there's like, it's almost like changing on a hard drive or whatever. Like, like there's going to be the staple songs. You'd like to, you know, get some deeper cuts and, you know, a good mixture of, you know, like a shake your money maker type of show, but with the, you know, a good mix of the, 90s theater shows yeah i my, my thing would be just like i think we always joke about that in our groups uh, but release the vaults they have so much material and so much content like don't hold on to it get it out there you know re release some stuff that we haven't heard just because there's a lot all right david we appreciate your time and hopping on here to talk over this Black Crows news, this big news about the record coming out here in March. Where do we send our listeners? If they're already not listening, they should be listening to you, but where do they go to find out more about the State of America? I mean, we're, we're everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, State of America podcast. We're on all the streaming services. You can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash State of America. There is actually a free tier. We don't really do much with that. Sometimes it's just kind of like, to tease and, and get people onto the paid tier, but um, come on, you'll enjoy it. We've got, I'm about to do a Patreon radio entitled when grunge goes acoustic, mm -hmm. the acoustic songs from grunge bands. And we're going to do something I think is going to be kind of neat celebrating the year of 1994 is the year I graduated high school and Jason graduated high school. And uh, we're going to pick um, albums yeah, albums from 94. And, and Ian and I both threw out on there, we want to do that Motley Crue 94 album. And mm -hmm. just, we might as well have insulted Jason's mom. 
And uh, <laughs> I mean, he even went to like Twitter and he went to like text groups, like, you know, Can y'all believe they want to do this. And so finally he's like, I mean, if y'all really want to do it. And I'm like, it's a great album. I was like, I don't like Motley Crue, but I love this album. So we're going to do some stuff like that. And, and um, we're going to pick some patrons. We did this once to come on a podcast. They don't talk. We turn their mic off, but they sit in kind of like an audience and, and watch an interview. We did that with Joe from Steepwater Band. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yep. we're going to do stuff like that. Um, I just designed a hoodie, and we're not going to sell it. I'm that. just going to give a few away to people as as prizes. And I uh, want to start doing the State of America meetup more often. Um, got my eyes on Red Rocks, if they play Red Rocks on this tour. Yeah. So that would be a fun one. We've had uh, – there's going to be more things with Johnny Colt. Um, those are always so much fun. and. The, the fun part, and we talked about this when we were down there, it's, it's the hanging out with people. Uh, we had, I think, 20 people there and like eight I'd never met before. And it was nice to put a name to those faces and, and us just all kind of hang out and like one big family. And then next thing you know, you're hanging out with Johnny Colt for a couple hours. And he treats well, you that way. That's the most important thing. Well, Brian and I are early subscribers to the patreon so all of our listeners you know we love the crows we know know you love state of america we pay to be part of the patreon you guys should hop on that too because they're not just black crows they do a lot of great stuff like i said earlier on this episode it's the best bang for your bucket i've seen so far on any patreon podcast brian we'll toss it over to you well thank you so much to david hudson from the state of america Thanks for everything you do. And for those that you know don't know, Jason said at the beginning too, like this podcast, all things blues and Southern rock would not exist without the state of America. You know, I, before I started it, you're the guy I talked to. I called on the phone and you're so kind of, you know, to give me some advice and feedback. And, you, you know, you kept kind of checking in with me and inspiring me to, Hey, you got the thing started yet? It's like, man, I told you just go back. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I have a microphone. <laughs> so thank you so much david for coming on again always a great time chatting with you do you guys do a play out song uh, uh what's gonna be the yeah single? we always do something but you know brian david and ian always ask their guests to pick out a play out song so why don't sure. we give david that option to pick out sure. what you want us to do let's crank a piece anyway from the by your side sessions there you go we'll do it
you so much to david for coming on and talking crows with us it's always great to uh, get a little extra time with him to chat and catch up and hear about uh some great things you know uh, great uh health things for him and uh what they got coming up on state of america and and just getting our crows enthusiasm going again yeah for sure man you know we all we get a chance to talk with david in a group because we're in group chats with him and, and ian and everybody else our, our friends out there um but it's nice to have him on just to talk straight up about what's going on catch up and then the crow stuff so honestly join their patreon subscribe to the state of amorca podcast it's more than just the black crows It's one of my three favorite podcasts brian obviously ours state of America, and then you know the hook rocks with our other friend jay are the three music related podcasts i always go to yeah and so fun to kind of anticipate what we hope happens for a tour and and what we think might happen and you know it's like i said in the interview or in the interview in our chat it's not an interview it's a, it's a chat especially with I, our friend yeah and i said you know it, it's just such a compliment to those guys that like how you know, deep they've gotten into, you know, some of the Black Rose community and, and that's just a great fringe benefit for, for them and us. And, you know, we get to hear about some great stuff, you know, maybe before, you know, sometimes the they've got public, the inside but. scoop. So if you're a Crows fan, you gotta be, you gotta be subscribed and listen to their stuff because you're going to get it before anybody else. Um, you know, there, there you go to it. We're just happy that we get some of that information. We love the Crows. We love to talk about it. And and get a bit of insight to what's going on. We stopped us in our tracks to record this conversation. Yeah. So yeah, just keep your ears open for the state of America and everything coming up, Black Crows wise, and we'll tell you as well. So until then, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From airship. 
the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.